right, hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kyle Fincham. My uh, conversation that I'll be sharing with you today was with Tracy Bennett. I'm excited to share it with you. Um, Let me make my announcements, and we're going to dive right in. The first uh, is I really want to thank everyone who came out for uh, the Infinite Play Jam in Lisbon this past weekend. Um, It was such a beautiful day, so much fun, so many new friends. Uh, We jammed, we got ice cream after, it was amazing. Um, So thank you all for coming out, everybody who was there, and a big thank you to Andre and Tiago from Movement Lisboa for all the the support on the ground and um, bringing your your amazing group out to jam. Um, If you're you're near Lisbon, highly recommend checking out uh, Movement Lisboa. It's a great group. They're fun. They're supportive. They smile a lot. So... Thank you guys again. So much fun. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to do it again someday. Um, We're in Europe until uh, the end of October, and I'll be doing a number of Infinite Play events. Um, On September 25th, I'll be doing a jam in Brussels, October 1st and 2nd. Um, I'll be doing uh, a two-day workshop in Barcelona, that's hosted by Tom Wexler of Movement Archery on October 9th and 10th. I'll be in Milan for a two-day workshop hosted by Nat Ked. And then um, on October 23rd and 24th, I'll be in Paris um, for a two-day workshop hosted by uh, movement practice Paris so there's a lot going on Um, all of that info is on my website kylefincham.com it's probably the quickest and easiest way to 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 find all the routes to signing up so uh, uh, that's where I will direct you but if you're anywhere near any of those places I would love to see you Um, I'm really looking forward to all those workshops cool those are my announcements um i had the privilege of having my friend tracy on the podcast this week and tracy and i met um back in boulder um while i was living there um she was one of these people uh that um i don't know when we met it was as if we like knew each other for a long time like we had been friends a long time um but this was actually the first time we got to have like a nice, real, long conversation despite feeling like we were old friends. Um, she teaches uh, uh, FRC at the um, at Block 1750, uh, the dance school I was kind of roaming around at. And um, while I was back for the, the movement research event that Block did, um, back in July, I had the opportunity to take uh, two of her classes and they were wonderful. 
Um, so I'm super excited to have her on the podcast. Um, if you're not familiar with Tracy, uh, let me give you some of her background. Um, she's been a competitive lifelong athlete, dabbled in soccer, basketball, baseball, softball, and CrossFit. CrossFit. Um, she's experienced both sides of the coin, being an athlete and being a coach. After several crippling injuries, she, she transitioned from a competitive athlete to a coach and focused more on the quality of movement rather than the intensity. Slowing down to coach helped her realize her passion. She has a deep drive for helping others move and feel better. Her chronic injuries eventually led her to find functional range conditioning, FRC, and kin stretch. These systems gave her the thought processes to assess her own current state and how to improve upon her limitations and train injuries safely back to health. She wants to help people move and feel better, setting them up for success with knowledge and tools to empower them to a full body freedom. Yeah. I'm excited to share this with you. I've already said that, but I, I, I really am. Um, I'm a big fan of Tracy's. So let's not waste any more time. This is it, my conversation with Tracy Bennett. So I'll go through periods of where I'm like, oh, I'm going to focus on like body, like bodybuilding type of movement uh, or like weight training stuff. And then after a few weeks, I'll just focus more on like just no weights and like floor work stuff or handstand stuff. So I'm always constantly like flowing in between just because I feel like kind of like you, I was an athlete kind of like growing up. So I have started to get bored with those kind of straight shooter workouts consistently, especially now that I have like, you know, dance at my fingertips and like all these other cool things that I'm getting to like explore. So I'm trying to do more of those now. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm kind of all over the place, but I like to lift weights. And so I try to hit like total body workouts, just feeling the pump, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Are you do are you doing breakdancing as well? I just started doing a few of the Top Rocks class classes mm -hmm. with Julio. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Those are hard. It's just such a different uh, way to move, you know. And the, I'm so used to like heavy constraints, like you're gonna do this, this, and this, and like there's very few ways to like go around that, you know. And then like Top Rocks is like, no, this is like the footwork, but like you're putting your own stuff into it. And mm -hmm. so I need more, you know, I'm a structured person. And so, so I'm like, it's too much. It's, I could do a lot of things here, you know? So uh, it's definitely like mentally challenging for me. Yeah. Explore those things for sure. Right. When you uh, come, when you twerk class and that was really fun. You took the twerk class. Mm -hmm. Nice. It was a blast and it was really hard. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I yeah. was exhausted. I, I had somebody try to, to kind of give us like a little like twerk tutorial and it was very, very challenging. It's hard. <laughs> it's very, very hard. Yeah. It's hard to get, especially then just to make it look good. It's like, that's a, that's a whole nother bag there. So I think uh, I'll stick, probably stick with top rocks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then tell me like, what, what sports did you play growing up and how far did you go with them? So I grew up 
I've played, I've swam. Um, I was on the swim team for a while. I was in the bowling league for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I played baseball mostly growing up because I didn't have softball, um, like where I was in Florida. And then finally I found softball and I played a little bit of college with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I found CrossFit and like the whole like weightlifting and powerlifting stuff. I've dabbled in soccer, um, competitively, mostly I played softball though, Mm -hmm. but I've, I've dabbled in most things. I feel like (laughs) how, how far did you, to what age did you play baseball? I mean it was actually probably through middle school because I actually remember I went to um like a fair you know like a middle school fair event and they had a dunking booth Mm -hmm. and I just fucking nailed it I just kept Mm -hmm. nailing it and the guy that was sitting on the thing that fell into the water was the baseball coach and Mm -hmm. he tried to like get me to play and I was actually just happened to be moving um, to just a different school. And then they had soft, you know, so just kind of found that way, but definitely close, close to like high school, I was still playing like baseball. (laughs) I love that. I feel like I watched a, like a real sports segment, maybe a few months back, maybe a year ago where they were talking about like the origins of softball Mm. and that like, of course there's some like dark history with like, you know, the divisions of these things. Like it, it is like, it kind of like came out of nowhere. It's almost like, like, you know, men have to play this sport and women have to play this like other thing. Like it needs to be like a clear separation (laughs) when it's like, there was no reason in the beginning. And I forget the details of the whole thing. So I remember my wife, Alexa brought it up and she was like, yeah, like I really wanted to play baseball, but like, why couldn't I do that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That was, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was completely opposite for me. I feel like growing up, I was, I can remember the other girl that played and it was two of us just grow. We grew up playing pretty much on the same team for years. And then we started splitting ways and then that was that, but yeah, that was mm-hmm. weird. <laughs> and you, and you play, but then you played softball in college. Right. And high school. Okay. Yep. And then also like every summer I played travel ball. Like we were, we were real serious about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah. Yep. And I got a scholarship to one of the community colleges in Florida for two years and then trailed off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, man. That's pretty amazing. I feel like like to be able to play like at a college level of like anything is pretty like, it's like a huge step. It's like a big change. Yeah. I felt, uh, I was, I was pretty good. I'm fast. I had a good arm. (laughs) What, what position did you play? Um, I started as a catcher and then I kind of blew out my knees. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I moved for some reason, like after my knee surgery and maybe just growing up, I just seemed to like gain a lot of speed running. Like I used to be really slow Mm -hmm. and then somewhere out of nowhere, I just became kind of like boom power. So I, uh, I started playing a lot of like center field outfield. Um, and then I turned from righty to lefty and then I was like slapping, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because I was so fast. So it was like out of nowhere, just gained some speed. Well, that so. sounds all, that all just sounds so superhuman when you're like, I had knee surgery and then I ran faster. Yeah, like, no doubt. And then, <laughs> and then I taught myself to like switch from like right to left and I was hitting it better. Yeah. And then I just, you know, adaptable, I guess. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. But looking you, back now, I suppose it is. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so I played catcher as well for a pretty long time, like up until yeah. I was about like 15. I always like playing catcher because it felt like I always felt like I was in the game at all yes. times. Yeah. You're the whole time. Mm-hmm. Not I the same. Like mm-hmm. So you played that through like college or did you, when did yep. you move over to center field? Uh, through high school, I was still catching a little bit. And then after the knee surgery, I was kind of intermittent. So what happened was in high school, when I made the team, I was younger. I made the older, you know, the JV. I mean, I got, I got bumped up to varsity. Mm-hmm. And so I was no longer like the big dog for catcher at that point. So I kind of took a back seat and then, you know, they, I became fast. And so then I started hitting the outfield and then I was just really good there. And so that's where I just kind of stayed throughout. Nice. So I never re- went back to catching. I think at that point I, I was just small too, you know, I'm small. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think it was like more appealing to, for me to be like the quick person around. Yeah. yeah. I liked it all. It's fun to like, you know, chase a ball down and make a sliding or diving, like catching the outfield. Oh my God. It's like, yeah. I mean, that's like the stuff that they play on like instant replays. hundred percent. And it just feel, you know, you're just like, hell yeah, that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever see like the old like uh like Bo Jackson um plays like in the outfield? No. Oh, <laughs> I don't to. I don't really even like watch sports that much anymore. I probably oh. should get around to it. Um, I I never I, I never really watch anything, but Bo Jackson is just somebody I think is like amazing. Yeah. And, you know, they always say that he would start he was basically the beginning of like the highlight reel. Oh, okay. Like, this like really famous catch that he makes, like, I don't know, like out in center field, like all the way at like the fence and someone tags up and then runs home and mm-hmm. he like guns it from the track and they didn't have enough like wide angle camera to capture the whole, the whole, thing. The whole thing so that you see him like the ball leave his hand and then they cut to the catcher and he's standing there with his like mitt down and the ball just hits his mitt and then he like tags the guy out yep. and when they talk about it it's like it actually never even hit the ground it didn't even it didn't bounce once and he just like gunned it from center field. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Not enough video camera to capture the whole thing. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. And then there's like another one where he pulls like this parkour move where he like catches the ball in the outfield and then like runs up the wall. Yeah. Just like being all time. Yeah. Or who's that guy that threw the no hitter and he had taken acid? Oh, yeah. I forget his name. That was a really good story, too. I don't yeah. Know, I a documentary on it. It was really good. Yeah, that should be the next layer of your story as well. It's like <laughs> like knee surgeries, learned how to like be ambidextrous, and then you like play, started just playing games on mushrooms. Right, exactly. <laughs> better than I ever was. <laughs> yeah. So what? Why did you stop? What happened? Honestly, I think I got burnout. My the two years that I played in college were like they just weren't fun, you know, like, you know, when you just train for something so much that it just becomes more work than it, than it was fun and the payout, it was just was different. Um, and then I also just like, I was not, I'm not a school person. Like that's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wasn't very focused there either. And so I kind of like <laughs> left it all and kind of migrated. I went to the military for four years, uh, just to kind of like <laughs> get a different, I don't know, viewpoint maybe, uh, kind of like yeah. straightened me out a little bit because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But yeah, now looking back, I'm like, I could probably play now for fun, just like on a, a beer league or something. That would be fun. Right. 
Right. Um, well, yeah, it just, it stops being fun. Um, and so that was that. What branch of the military did you end up joining? I was in the Air Force. Okay. Mm-hmm. So where were you like living in different parts of the world? Were you like deployed or anything? No. Well, no, I, I joined from Florida, uh, mm-hmm. Fort Walton beach. And then I went to tech school and did everything in Texas basically. And then got stationed at Fort Walton beach in Florida. <laughs> and then the only place that I ever went was Afghanistan. And then I came back to Florida and mm-hmm. then I got out after that. So mm-hmm. nowhere nowhere else <laughs> gotcha. nowhere <fun. laughs> and were you somebody then like who started like because i know like i just remember like in the early days of crossfit like there was like a big crossfit movement like within the military mm-hmm. is that where you kind of like jumped yeah, into that I think a little so. bit it's, this was like 2009 2010 mm-hmm. and so i remember i went into my first crossfit gym when i got back but I had started doing some with one of the guys like while we were gone. Um, and I was like, Ooh, this is fun. You know, like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I was definitely like going through it there. And then as soon as I got back, I found the first gym and we tried to like implement a little bit of it into like our training program and our squad, mm-hmm. but, uh, it did not take as much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, but then I got, I got hooked on CrossFit for like a solid five years, probably six years. Mm-hmm. It's addictive. Hard. <laughs> it's, it's addictive. Definitely. Especially when you have like a good group, you know, when the community is there, that's like, you know, probably like 90% of it really. Like you make your friends, you don't want to let your friends down. You want to like show up and be there for them when it sucks really bad, you know? Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I mean, they, they've done like a really great job of like the community piece, mm-hmm. at least, you know, I don't know how it is now. I know they've been through a lot of things that I haven't gotten to like keep up on, but like there was a time where I know it was like, that was, that's what really moved people. Yeah, totally. It was fun and grimy mm-hmm. and hard and like rewarding. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did you teach it as well? I did. I was a coach for a little bit. Um, yeah, I think I had been doing it for like, two or three years and then I started migrating into like the coaching aspects mm-hmm. um I love that I love coaching it um yeah I coached for a while up until I moved here in 2015 and then I coached a little bit here and then I realized that like my body still felt kind of like shit all the time mm-hmm. and so did everyone else's that I've been teaching uh no matter the like recovery tools that we're using and then come to find like now knowing what I know, like I just didn't have like the mobility tools Mm -hmm. to like be doing the things I was doing. So I was just kind of like tearing my body up and I kind of realized like, oh, I think maybe I don't want to like keep contributing to being that (laughs) person. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to offer you the thing that's like making you feel like shit. I'd rather offer you the thing that makes you feel better. And like, you can go do that thing now. So that's kind of how I kind of migrated from like CrossFit coaching to body work and FRC stuff, but I loved CrossFit, but now I'm kind of getting back into like the, not CrossFit, but CrossFit style workouts or just like, you know, just moving in the same way, but like more efficiently and probably a little safer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I like it. Yeah. I I mean, I remember from like my time kind of like being around the CrossFit space and then kind of evolving and things like that. And I remember like 
I don't know, maybe just in the world I was in a little bit, like the word mobility was kind of like tossed around a little bit, but like mm-hmm. it was, I don't know. It, it felt like it didn't, it didn't get much further than like lacrosse balls. And, totally. And like foam <laughs> rollers. Yeah. You just hook it up on the rig and that's that. <laughs> and, it, and it's nobody's fault. It's just, no, like, no, it's, it's kind of like the structure of the timing and what people, and, and, and I mean, listen, I, at the end of the day, like people showed up wanting to just like light their hair on fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a certain <laughs> amount of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, same thing. It, I think even now it's still thrown around just a little bit. Cause you know, I have people show up to my classes all the time they have no idea what's happening, but some people see like mobility and they think that we're just going to stretch and lay on a lacrosse ball for like an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely still out there, but it's, you know, again, it's no one's fault. It just, it is what it is. And well, mm-hmm. every, you know, things mean different things to people. So I'm not like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not a judgment thing. I just was like, Oh, like, Oh, like it's, I mean, in some ways, let, I'll say it this way. Like sometimes CrossFit, like, has the potential to almost become kind of like the bastardized version of everything. It's kind of like, you know, and not at the highest levels. I'm like, you know, like for a lot of the regulars, it's like kind of like bastardized weightlifting, bastardized gymnastics. Yep. Um, And then I guess it would be like bastardized kind of mobility, just being like, well, what's the kind of like. Totally. The the, the quick and dirty. It's hard to break out of that too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I tell Mm -hmm. you, I thought CrossFit was going to be my biggest market. Mm. I was like, oh, for sure. I'm going to change some lives. Mm-hmm. that's my background you know and like no we love laying on the cross balls <laughs> yeah well so i mean it, man it's it's laying on a lacrosse ball is like easy like doing Super easy. Doing, yeah, totally. yeah doing like you know your class or like loaded progressive stretching of any kind is like i mean it's it is like strength training totally yeah, yeah. you have to be in it exactly yeah <laughs> not everyone wants that it's not what everyone's in for which is totally fine yeah and you know what, I, before I get to asking you about now, like what you're doing, um, <laughs> I do have to say CrossFit is like this gateway drug for so many things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it has like opened the world, like, like for instance, like for movement, like, you know, there was like nowhere that had like the gymnastics rings and the, the climbing ropes and the, the language for like handstands and handstands, like all that stuff that was just not happening anywhere else Mm -hmm. yeah so like it created that space for those things it created the space for like you know frc and like what you're doing it just it it powerlifting became body lift you know like all of these things are coming back around bodylifting bodybuilding um you know like i mean the fact that like lights shown on yeah like you have like regular people who are just like in like weightlifting clubs yep yeah so like yeah i mean it, it it opened the doors and like shed light on all these places so i'm like it's i have to say it because like i feel like sometimes i almost sound like i'm just shitting on crossfit yes, and not no, at all because yeah. i'm like it did so much and and at a certain time and in a certain way that i'm like oh it's awesome and like yeah the, yeah this yeah. was awesome i have no idea what it looks like yeah, now what's going it, on it facilitated a lot of things for a lot of people and it still does for sure yeah. um and you know yeah it's just not my cup of tea currently you know yeah exactly Maybe. yeah so like everybody should do whatever they want to do <laughs> yeah, like, if you, yeah if that's your jam like i'll still jump in from time to time the, yeah. a big reason i don't jump in now if i'm being completely honest is because of my ego mm-hmm. uh because 
it's really hard for me to go into because I work out with CrossFitters. And so it's hard for me to like see them like fucking throwing down on a workout and me not going hard to like compete with them mm-hmm. no matter how my body feels during. So now, mm-hmm. you know, I am trying, it's hard. So that's another reason I don't like, right. you know, jump in too often. Cause I know I'm going to crush some shit and most of it's going to be probably in my back. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Like you're sitting there and like, you, like everyone you're kind of there with is doing like RX plus and you're just like, yeah uh, i'm gonna uh, yeah I'm like i'm gonna move some heavy stuff so yeah exactly yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah why don't you guys just start and i'll like pick up like yeah i'll just at. be in the time frame around okay. <laughs> <laughs> so did you like uh like did you get some sort of like injury that led you in the frc or, or was it yes. just kind of interest <laughs> um so yeah when i started crossfit I was at a gym that was really heavy in the conjugate system, like the powerlifting, Louis Simmons, for any of these people on here. Um, So a lot of like heavier weight stuff. And I remember doing some handstand push-ups and pull-ups that like now knowing what I know, I just did not have the shoulder capability to to handle. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, I kept kind of like crushing down on my head and, got some compression fracture, like stuff in my, my neck here. And then I think that combined with like, just like really heavy gear when I was deployed, like sitting on me, I started like, I had like seven herniated discs at one time, like just kind of like down from my thoracic to my lumbars. Uh, and I just felt like shit. And then I, uh, like also hurt my left shoulder. I think I kind of like tore some stuff doing some body weight stuff, which I think at that point, my joints were just so like burnt, you know, like they, they had reached max capacity and I just kept jamming into them and doing stuff. But yeah, so shoulder injuries, spine injuries, my hips were like really crappy for a long time, which I think was also contributing to back stuff, you know, um, <clears throat> I had torn my rotator cuff playing softball. So, you know just a lot of wear and tear on my body, my knee mm-hmm. surgery in high school, you know? Uh, <laughs> so those were like the things that led up to it. But yeah, the back was like the main one. I was like, I'm like in my early twenties and I feel like I'm like 90. Mm-hmm. Like I would like get up and yawn and just like have to call into work sometimes because my whole like shit would spasm, you know? And I would have to lay down for like hours because I couldn't move. So I was like, there's gotta be something else. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so then I was like looking for body weight stuff. I found animal flow mm-hmm. and then like really did some nasty stuff to my shoulder. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, this is ridiculous. Like I can't even do body weight stuff. This is crazy. Uh, and then found FRC or functional range conditioning. And then that kind of like gave me a different perspective on how to like navigate training and like my rehab and like, making sure that I have appropriate joints to do the things that I want to do. So then what did you like jump? Were you like going in like a, like attending classes or something, or were you just kind of picking it up on your own and applying it yourself? No. So I did the animal flow stuff. I just bought it and started doing that on my own. And then the FRC stuff I took um, the certifications for, so I took the functional range conditioning, then there's a Ken stretch and a functional range release. So it's all kind of the same system, palpation, uh, different lenses, group training. 
So those were all certifications on top of my massage therapy certification that I was going to through in school at the time. Cause I was like, Oh, I want to train people, but I also want to like be able to put my hands on people and like have the ultimate way of treating and like helping people back mm-hmm. out there. So I did those things kind of together because mm-hmm. it made sense. Yeah. So what were the, what was kind of like the, the aha about like this, this way? Honest. <laughs> I mean, it just seems so simple. Right. But like, the whole system is meant to be like a lens of do you have the stuff, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like if I am doing like gnarly shoulder stuff, whether that's Olympic lifting, snatches, pull-ups, handstands, it doesn't really matter. The shape, like if I'm making it under load is somewhere, somewhere here and like under no load, I'm checking that joint function and it's like not even close. Like Mm -hmm. I just know, like I don't have a shoulder. I don't, I can't do that. Right. So why would I keep forcing myself into the space and thinking it's just going to keep getting better when mm-hmm. I, you know, so it just was like checking the pieces of the things that you want to do. And that made a lot of sense to me because it's just like, I can have this huge fancy like mansion, but like if my foundation sucks, like, mm-hmm. well, it doesn't really do me any good because it's just going to crumble. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what it looks like. Like the shit's not sturdy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a, like a, a way, like, it seems simple, but that's not really how we're, t- you know, like no pain, no gain is like how you're taught. And at least as an athlete, like you get out there and you work hard and, and shit goes away and <laughs> you know, yeah. like you'll be all right. You know, it's fine. Right. Um, and then like when I started learning about it, I'm like, well, it's not fine. And like, you can just do the simple thing and like <laughs> make that thing better, which will make, the other thing better. So it just mm-hmm. made sense to me to like start from a more micro level to like increase your macro. Mm-hmm. Wow. So then were you like drawn into like anatomy and like biomechanics as well, like around like this like investigation? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was like, like I said, I was going through massage school at the same time. So I was definitely like touching on all of these things at once. So it was like, yeah, it's all important, right? Because, I mean, you know, in the FRC system, there's a lot of specificity. So it's basically like, I can keep, you know, I'm going to be prepared for what I train for, basically. So that's, you know, like, if I'm not training or helping myself out, like I can keep trying, if I don't have the shoulder to do shoulder things, I can keep trying to smash into it or like get bigger shoulders, but I'm not accessing all of the stuff that I could to train. So mm-hmm. these things like, yeah, I don't know. It all makes sense once you start looking at it because it's just like, you know, stretching is only part of the, the piece. And so if you're like, that's just kind of how we get taught. It's like, oh, just do the stretch for your low back or do this thing for your low back. And it's like, well, that's that doesn't make sense to me now that I have this other thing, this other lens to look at because it's like, well, when does the thing hurt, right? Because different tissues are being activated during different things. So like your adductor doesn't always just bring your, your fat, you know, the things back to the midline. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they help flexion or extension or rotate, you know? So it's like those things become really important when you're starting to like think about training yourself or someone else, because those are the smaller pieces that, that give you the bigger picture, more access. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> that was very wordy. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I'm so interested because, you know, it's like, I have to say like your FRC class at the, the, the blocks week long event is the, is the only FRC class I've ever done. Mm-hmm. The FRC classes, classes that I've ever done, but I've also done a lot of loaded progressive stretching. Right. So like, I don't not get it. Sure. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm fascinated with the the system and I'm also fascinated with, uh, yeah, like the, the draw to it. You know what I mean? Like I see like, you know, I like being around like the block. There's like a lot of the the break dancers are just like, Oh man, you gotta, you gotta like meet Tracy. (laughs) Cause it's like, you know, in like all their hype, you know, like, Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> like they're actually like the best like hype people. If they're into like what you're doing, then there's like, oh. yeah, no, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it seems like it. You know, it 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 applies on because I always think of like the practice of movement have, and this is my way, and I've brought it up on here before, like this idea of like these kind of like three layers of like maintenance, technique, and free play, mm-hmm. and they all kind of like feed each other, right? So like, you know, I use technique and free play to like, tell me what I need to like work on in like maintenance mode. And right. I think of FRC yeah, exactly. is like, and FRC is like maintenance, mm-hmm. you know? Well, and kind of there, there's a whole built-in process of like assess. It's kind of the same thing, right? Like mm. through that lens, you're, you start gaining assessment tools um, mm. to then assess the things that you want to play with, you know? So like, you have kind of these checks and balances with that system because you're like, cool, do I have the shoulder stuff to do handstands? Mm -hmm. Yes or no. If I have yes, then I can go like do some handstands. And then with handstand training, I can start exploring movement within the handstand or one arm or, you know, the difference, you know, you get to create your own thing. And then when you start creating that new thing, you're like, oh shit, because you eventually run into your roadblock which mm-hmm. is where the assessment comes back in like, Oh, what do I need now? And so it's just kind of the same, same thing, right? Like I'm constantly assessing what things do I need to keep improving the mm-hmm. new skills or like things mm-hmm. that I want to start accessing. And then mm-hmm. I can train those things because it's all part of the same system, right? I can assess so I can start training that thing and then start expanding and playing with that thing. Once that's strong, Mm-hmm. I can keep assessing to kind of flow into the next thing or whatever it is. Right. Right. It's like, it, it's like the incentive to continue to have like some sort of feedback loop. Yes. The infinity loop. Exactly. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so like when, when did you start teaching this? Were you just like immediately sharing it or were you like, was there like, a, um, I don't know. W- no, what- I think I started, I mean, so I took functional range conditioning and then literally a month later took the Ken stretch, which is the group training portion of it for like classes and stuff like that. Um, and I think literally right after that. So I think that was in 2017 is when mm-hmm. I first started teaching FRC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I learned it, I started applying it and it just kind of made sense to me at that point, just because I think of my background with already like, coaching and weightlifting, you know, I, so a lot of it already made sense to me. It just gave me a very specific way to look at things. Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah. So 
Were there any like uh, observations you, because I mean, obviously like you had your own kind of like introspective things going on about like doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, were there any like, I don't know, like broad swath observations you were making suddenly when you were like working with groups of people? Like, oh, like, mm-hmm. what, like this is a thing. Yeah, I mean, yes. And again, I knew that just because of myself, you know, like again, if I'm going back to me, I was a relatively athletic person. So I knew already, like, if this makes sense to me right. and I can like fix my own shit, like, of course this is going to make sense to so many people, but like, yeah, in a general, which is why my classes are so much fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's population. Mm-hmm. Um, people do not have like, you know, the hips, shoulders and spines that they thought they had, you know, like someone, is doing some like astrograph squatting under their barbell or just in the locomotion or play, you know, just sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> or maybe they can't sit, but then they're like smashing into it. And then I tell them to just lift their leg up and they're like, oh my God, I can't make the same shapes that I can make under a load or with help. And so a lot of the people that I work with, just like we lose rotation in our hips. We kind of focus on a much linear approach to most things, you know, shoulders and hips, because we're also just like, boop, boop, boop. Mm. And so we lose these kind of like capabilities with our shoulders and hips and they should be super mobile. And so people's backs get really stiff. So yeah, hips, shoulders, and spines are just like stiff on most people. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, so then like, is that where you start with everybody? Like that's kind of like the beginning. For class, that's den- definitely like, it's just the most bang for your buck, you know, like for mm-hmm. sure. If you're seeing me like as a one-on-one, mm-hmm. we do like assessment just to kind of see, cause it's not always the case, you know, definitely mm-hmm. it's the case for a lot of people though. But yeah, I, I feel like uh, if you can get your hips, shoulders and spine moving, like you're going to be pretty good to go with most things. <laughs> yeah. What does what your assessment look like? It is, uh, so I will generally take you through like a passive range of motion, like tabletop test. So I mm. might be moving you around, just kind of seeing what you have passively or like able to get into with me putting you there. Mm. And then I would have you do active stuff to see if you can kind of make the same shapes and just see where are compensations happening. Are they, uh, are those kind of shapes or measurements appropriate for, again, if you want to do a handstand, like if you can't bring your arm past your ear, like handstands probably aren't going to go well for you just mm-hmm. because you don't have that thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we start navigating like your treatment plan or mm-hmm. your training plan, whatever. It's all the same treatment and training. It's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> and do you like integrate in now, like, like, uh, like a balance between the body work and the FRC or are you mostly just do it? You do both. I do both. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like, you, you know, I try to integrate both if that's what people like, if people are coming to see me for pain mm-hmm. or like a goal, definitely. I mean, I definitely do like feel good massage. Like people, people like that. And it, it has its place to get in parasympathetic for sure. But most of the stuff I try to like tailor to is like, you know, getting people out of pain. And so a lot of the time that is soft tissue work and then we move and we're constantly just assessing and reassessing and just kind of trying to target stuff together. Mm. I want to ask you about this because I feel like it, it goes with like both body work and also, also like the, 
the FRC work. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you, have you read Exuberant Animal, the book Exuberant Animal? I don't think so. Excellent. Totally recommend it. Um, but he talks a little bit about this idea of like, and I think it's really fascinating, the idea of, you know, we get caught up on like doing like warm-ups, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, oftentimes it's like the warm-ups about like warming up the body or warming up the joints or like, you know, getting them ready. And, and he kind of proposed this idea of like, the warm-up might actually be like generating safety. Like, like it's, it's for us to like have the feeling of safety. Sure. Right. That like we can go places. Sure. Or, or like that we've already kind of been there. Right. And, and that's might be more valuable. And especially in, and in terms of like, I think he addresses like pain a little bit as well. Like sometimes pain is like, is associated with like the, the feeling of like not feeling safe. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Absolutely. That's why. Yes. Isn't that so much fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why a lot of the stuff that at least when I'm training people to begin with, like that's why we say cars every day are controlled articular rotations because you're, even if you're not using this right, you know, like you've stimulated that at least some point through the day. So you're, you know, you're, you're connecting that to your nervous system. You're saying, Hey, I'm going to lay down some tissue here. I'm going to get those mechanoreceptors on. I'm going to issue safe movement here. So you feel good about it. So in the event that I fall (laughs) at least once today, I have been here. So my nervous system is not like, what the fuck, you know, (laughs) you know, and so, yeah, it's super cool because warming up would be the same thing. It's just like, you're just getting some safe, constant movement in, in like a, a safe manner. Mm-hmm. And then you get to go out and fucking go crazy, you know, and that's fun. <laughs> right. Feeling safe is a huge part of being able to move, you know, and like play for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I think about like, you know, with what you're doing with, you know, like being in your class, like, you know, even if it's like, you're like, oh, this range may not matter to like what I'm doing right now. It's like, well, just moving to a certain position like generates like a certain thing. Like, okay, like, okay, there's some safety there, you right. know. And <laughs> and I mean, I, I I guess I'm curious about that with like body work as well because I'm sure that there's a huge component of that as well as just being like, oh, like creating like that feeling of safety. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes, because I am one of the people. You know, I am not a person that is going to just dig into you um because generally the people are like oh i can do pressure it's like well either your tissue is really unhealthy if you can't feel (laughs) this happening or you are going to tighten up and now we're working against each other right because Mm -hmm. you're obviously not okay with that (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know and so it's the same thing for me it's trying to generate like (laughs) very safe, slow movement, trying to kind of nudge the tissue in a directional space to where I want it, right? Because if we're thinking of a knot, it might just be tissue that doesn't have good direction. And Mm -hmm. so we're trying to give it direction. So same thing, if it doesn't feel safe and that could come from, you know, above or below, I'm just thinking of this right now, but then it's gonna just keep staying (laughs) and locking up, right? Right. Um, And so like, it's, yeah. So like you're, you're like facilitating like the nervous system to like feel safe exactly. so that exactly. something can happen. Mm-hmm. And the safety is like, yes, it's trying, I'm trying to get that parasympathetic on. I'm trying to get that reintegration of like safe, small movement. So that way 
when I am done with you passively, you can now start trying to take advantage of that window mm -hmm. of like nice, safe, clean, where your nervous system's already feeling okay. We've mm -hmm. already been there a few times and now you get to go in there and like very safely and gently start reintegrating and re-educating the tissue, mm -hmm. the nervous system, the whole shebang. So that way, mm -hmm. <laughs> eventually it starts to kind of go back to the the way that it, you know maybe well not the way it was hopefully the way <laughs> hopefully it's better than it was before um because you just mm -hmm. keep going to give it that mesh message which is direction right and mm -hmm. so that knot or whatever starts to become directional mm -hmm. how tissue should be <laughs> i also i also think that there's something really nice with body work and i guess like when i think about it with like the experience doing your frc class is mm -hmm. that there's this like like kind of like, uh, I guess sometimes it can be hard. And I, and I think that you kind of do a good job of creating a space where it's almost like, like in, in, in like a FRC class, for instance, like you can almost be made to feel like something has to happen. But in your case, it was almost like just offering like the, the proposal to like place your awareness somewhere. Sure. Right? And they're two different things. Cause one is like super like up in your head and the other one is kind of like in your like, physical intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's a really nice thing about body work too, is it's almost like, you're just like, you're like giving people the opportunity to like place their awareness somewhere. Yes. And like, and, and not, 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 not ask anything to happen, but just like observe that area. Sure. And that, uh -huh. that's, that's a really valuable thing. And I, I know it almost sounds so like simple and small, but like, I think that there's a lot there. I would agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm trying to recall a quote that I heard, but it was essentially just like your your the things that recover the most from injury are going to be the things that you're thinking about the most. So that's why people kind of lose connections sometimes with like their low bat, you know, like because they're not consciously accessing parts of these things every day. So it's just like your foot could stay swollen for like months because maybe you're not like thinking about it too much except for when it's in pain so you're not getting a lot of blood flow there because you're not consciously like i think mm -hmm. it was larimer mosley is a pain mm -hmm. pain guy you would like it anyway mm -hmm. not really that important but same thing so you know like physical touch obviously has its place mm -hmm. and it's exactly that it's just like <clears throat> forgetting like <laughs> a little ethereal about it you know like yes i am also trying to give it direction but i'm also using my my nervous system to try to like facilitate your nervous system you know so it is kind of that like i am trying to just like bring awareness to this space that is like tense or whatever you know like obviously it's just not getting a lot it's just amped up and so together <laughs> mm -hmm. I am just trying to help you feel that sense of like calmness mm -hmm. that I have through you you know um yeah. and so that's kind of like I think it's important for you know you have to feel safe to like <laughs> to be able to heal right like that's you know in any capacity yeah mentally or like just physically like you have to have that otherwise it's just going to constantly have that reflex so like Mm -hmm. want to guard you know mm -hmm. and protect yeah you're talking about so many things like 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 uh like getting close to so many things that i think about that are so interesting like um <laughs> like hearing you talking about like yeah like you know you know you're basically talking about like co-regulating there in the beginning 
Mm -hmm. right? And like, you know, and so many other things. But yeah, that's the one that was like, like kind of like jumping out to me, you know. And I and I, you know, I think about things like um, like polyvagal theory, and like the body keeps the score, and like, yeah, yeah these are like important things that it's like they're not as like tangible like we can't like put our hands on them in like the same way for sure. or like you know like sure we have this ability to like self-regulate and it's almost like in the world we live in now like we're almost like asked to lean the hardest into that but like we're like these like creatures of like that are built to be with others right other, others of our kind and like and and for various reasons but one of them is that we like we we co-regulate right right mm-hmm so like yeah, you know, that's Thank what you're talking about yeah. exactly yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that's one I mean yes that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts about it is because it is it's an experience together so it's just like I don't know it's cool mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I'm I wonder then like you know I mean because it's not a one-way thing it's also then like like you're you're feeling that as well, I assume. Like, it's like, oh. Totally, yes. And, you know, like, it goes opposite sometimes, too. If there's someone that is, like, super sympathetic and not, just not allowing that kind of, like, Mm -hmm. flow or transfer to happen, it can sometimes come back (laughs) to me where I can feel myself starting to get a little bit, like, in my, you know, so it kind of is a battle of, like, (laughs) Mm who can, who can calm down faster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is, it, it's fun because then you have an opportunity to start creating that little bridge of trust because that's, you know, this is how you get to start facilitating that for someone or helping them facilitate it for themselves because maybe they don't have those tools. So like this person now is going to learn about taking nice, long, deep breaths. And like, (laughs) I'm going to like put probably more, you know, I'm going to like put more pressure on you somewhere or something, you know, depending, or I'm going to hold you differently or longer. So we're just going to sit there and breathe. So that way it's just going to keep like settling down because that's at the end of the day, if I'm like, if you're just like constantly super sympathetic and I'm fighting against each other, like we didn't really make any change, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so it's important to like, it's not always just about like creating more range of motion, you know, which is like a general outcome measure that I look for. Like, yeah, you're not in pain, but did we actually like create change in the, you know, but like sometimes that's not always going to be the case because sometimes you have to battle against like <laughs> just getting this person to feel comfortable with you first. Yeah. Um, and that's also just like, information right like because that is information about maybe how they're already existing and like maybe why they're you know like in so much pain or you know having trouble with this hip thing that just won't go away it's just like maybe your body just does not (laughs) trust you it just never feels safe and you're just constantly in a state of like being amped up like so maybe our first step is like working on that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah do you think uh i keep so uh, I really like uh, Katie Bauman's like um, idea of uh, like that we've like outsourced movement. Mm-hmm. It got me thinking about the idea that like we've uh, we've like outsourced sensory experiences. Like so much of our like what we would be experiencing in our like nervous system, we outsource to other things. Sure. Right. 
shoes just being a really good example, but not the only one, but like basically everything, like even right now, like for us to have this conversation, like we're both like outsourcing our eyeballs and our ears. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're gaining so much because we can talk from like opposite sides of the world right now, Mm. but we're losing so much because our nervous systems don't actually get to like interact with one another. Right. Right. And I'm curious, like, you know, you might just say, I agree. And that's like fine too, but I'm so curious about like, uh, if you've like thought about that, because I mean, so much of the like work you're, you're doing is kind of like, especially with the body work, I guess, is like filling in the gaps of like sensory experience that we might've gotten in other ways if we lived the way that we've probably evolved to. So what are you, what's your question then? Yeah, I guess I'm just curious, like if, it, if, it, if it's like something you've like thought about because it's something that I spend a lot of time kind of like wondering about is like, you know, like so much of like what we have to do here is like um, address the nervous system because it's like, it's not being, it's, it's experiencing like malnutrition. Right. <laughs> you know, because it's not getting like what it's like evolved to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like, you know, in some ways, like the work you're doing is like really fascinating, you know, something people go to a lot and it's like, well, what is it that they're drawn to? It's like, oh, it's like the nervous system is like, it's hungry. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a little nervous system candy because you're getting fed in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I got, <laughs> when I learned about FRC and then took the manual therapy course, I got really heady and just like trying to be super technical about it that mm-hmm. like I kind of disregarded for a little bit the touch aspect of like because the, the massage school I went to was paired with a traditional school of Chinese acupuncture and mm-hmm. Chinese medicine so it had a, a very interesting approach to the way that we learn body work um, because we integrated a lot of traditional Chinese medicine into it. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so I kind of like lost that for a little bit, but then I was like, oh, well, people like, you know, like there's a reason that massage has been around for so long, you know, like there is something to touch. Like I can literally put my hand on someone and they're generally, again, co-regulating, like they're going to feel better, calmer, Mm -hmm. you know, less pain, you know, um, So, yeah, I think that especially with COVID, (laughs) I mean, the amount of people that came to see me just like no pain, they don't, they were not here for, you know, pain relief. They were here for touch and to be taken care of in like a different way, you know? And Mm -hmm. so that is really important, especially I think with any body work is like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. There's a lot of sensory experience that is being drawn from your body to other things and it does, it takes away from like the way that your nervous system represents your body because it loses access and pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and bits of information to the whole piece. And it just kind of focuses on like the important things that you maybe, you know, use every day or something, you know? And so there's a whole other world of like, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. times where you're not getting to like utilize those things. So it's nice to like massage. Yeah. No phone, no things, you know, you're just like in it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so fascinating that the where you say it also did like um Chinese medicine as well. Mm-hmm. So did you study Chinese medicine 
too, or was it we like didn't um, study it per se? We just learned a lot of the like a lot of the stuff that we learned for massage just had a lot of those things blended in. We got to learn like acupressure points and just different styles of like the meridians and you know just different ways that you could integrate treating or set you know like uh, aromatherapies or different oils or hmm. you know, different pressures or whatever um yeah i think i think it's all relevant and it's all important and hey i'm tired of like <laughs> i don't want to be one of those practitioners that's just like this thing definitely doesn't work and this you know like because the placebo effect also is like monumental right you know like super legit yeah, exactly. So I'm not, you know, I don't give a shit if it was like, I don't care what worked as long yeah. as something worked, you know, like, and so I'm willing to like try different things, all the tools that I have, you know, and so yeah, something else, you know, outside of that is like the thing that gets you there. Like, hell yeah, I don't care, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as like sensory experience goes, like touch is so undervalued. <laughs> I really feel that way. I mean, I, I tell, I told the story before, but like, you know, like in my jujitsu school, like the guy who is Marcelo, who's the the founder owner, you know, like the, one of the greatest fighters of all time, mm -hmm. he, he like said in one of the uh, belt promotions, he was like, my favorite thing about jujitsu is that it makes us better at being with people. And like so much of what he's saying is that like that intimacy, that closeness, that like touch. Right. And it's like, it makes us better at being with people now. Right. Because we have so little of it now. Right. <laughs> you know? And also touch without having work, you know, like without talking a lot, because that's also a different experience when you have to be like in it, you know, mm -hmm. and not having to, you know, express yourself verbally. Because that's, it's sometimes, I don't know, I think maybe you recently did contact, mm -hmm. but it's sort of similar to like, going to a contact improv with and without music. Mm. There are two different experiences because you, you know, different sensory things. So it's, it's just interesting, like being in a close contact sport where you're not really talking with someone <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, because it is a whole different body experience than like being close with someone and also getting to, you know, talk to them. So it's, it's all uh, goodness. It's all juice. <laughs> yeah. I think we lean hard and like, I think we always have to, we feel like we have to like have words for everything. Yes. You know? Obviously the, obviously the irony is that we're sitting here having a conversation. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it always has to be like a verbal experience, but it's like our ability to talk with one another is like our newest form of like evolutionary, like communication, right? Like yeah. we were communicating like non-verbally and also just with like grunts and sounds for so long. No, that game that you had us play, at the workshop where we were mm -hmm. just kind of yelling in gibberish was just mm -hmm. like hilarious. Cause you know, like, because you're having a conversation with someone, obviously with a non-existent language, you literally have to kind of facilitate the conversation based off of expression. How are they expressed? You know, like, what are they, what energy are they bringing to you? So it's like, it's fun. Cause then you have to interpret it and then like have it back. So it, it becomes less of like the verbal diarrhea and like more about the, the physical kind of chemistry or connection and conversation. Right. And how far we can really get with that. Yeah, totally. Like how, yeah, exactly. Like 
when you check in, like, were you guys on the same page? Was it like, (laughs) (laughs) were you having the same conversation? Cause that's fun. Yeah. And you should start doing that with your massage and and, and even (laughs) teach like an entire FRC class just in gibberish. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, probably, yeah, just showing no words. Yeah, it's a, it, there's something there. It might be a, it might be a thing. You might be a huge hit if you do that. Oh my goodness, I might try it out. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I'm I love that you mentioned that like kind of like a welcoming of kind of like all things. You're just like, hey, like let's let's actually see what works. Because I have a friend who works in Chinese medicine. He's a doctor, and uh, last summer during COVID, I was I, I got a, a I got bit by a tick. Oh, and. It turned into like the bullseye. So I had Lyme or at least it was a tick. Right, it was yeah. a tick. <laughs> so you immediately go to the, the hospital and I got like uh, the antibiotics for it. Mm-hmm. But he and I had been chatting a lot through COVID. So I would just call him up and I was like, hey, like, what do you think? Should I take the antibiotics or would you recommend something else? Um, and he was like, well, when did you get the bite? And I said, yesterday. And he was like, take the antibiotics like now. Yeah. And then. <laughs> when you're done with the antibiotics, call me and I'll prescribe some herbs for you to like work on your gut. Yes. And I love, I love that kind of like dance between like, you know, classical and romantic thinking. I love the dance between like, um, you know, technique and, and free play and like, you know, like these things where it's like, in this case, it's like, you know, like kind of like very like linear, like Western science and right. like, you know, like Eastern science and being like, oh, like, how can they like dance together? Exactly. Yes, exactly. It's important because it's like, yeah, different strokes for different folks, you know, like, again, everyone is different. Everyone's going to respond to things differently. Everyone's going to interpret things differently. You know, like mm-hmm. we could be having a different, a same conversation. I could have the same conversation with someone else and they have a completely different takeaway, you know? So like, I'm not, uh, I don't, I'm not a guru, you know, like, I don't want to be that person. I want, I just want you to feel better. <laughs> have more tools available to you, you know, like, yeah. I don't care if it was because of me or not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful way to think about it. Yeah. Well, I, fe- I feel like you're somebody who like, is like willing to like switch gears. Like when it, you know, like in, in, in kind of like the micro ways and the macro ways, like micro in the sense you're like, oh, somebody's dealing what I'm, whatever I'm doing right now is like not the thing. I'm going to switch gears. Sure. And then yeah. also like in life, you're like, oh, like I was fucking, I was doing CrossFit and now I'm, <laughs> I'm willing to change. So I'm curious, like, what are some of the things that are like on your radar right now that you're, you're kind of like fascinated in, or, or maybe that's like catching some of your attention? Honestly, I am so ingrained with that, with the whole like breaking world right now. Really? Uh, yeah. It just, just trying it, you know, like it's, it's hard. It's hard on your body. You know, there's a lot of, yeah, it's a whole new experience to me. I think for so long, because I grew up and did structure for so long that like now exploring the dance, you know, dance style movement has always called to me mm-hmm. and it's literally right at my fingertips now. And so I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm kind of navigating through that because it also gives me a different light on ways to train people because I am used to training uh, baseball players and, you know, like I'm used to training weightlifters and athletes of 
that kind, you know, mm-hmm. and so this is a whole new kind of group of people that I'm also getting access to because there are the Marlows that are, you know, ridiculously flexible and mobile, mm-hmm. um, or, you know, Alex, who, you know, all these people that like are big movers and shakers and they still like come to these classes and they still like find value in these things. So it, it, it gives me access to all these different things that I didn't, didn't know that I couldn't do. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely into like the, the top rocks and like break dancing stuff right now. That's going to be my, my main focus for, for a little while, as far as like my own movement style. I love that. That's so awesome. I'm a big <laughs> fan. I, I, I mean, I love those guys. I love the whole group. I think they're all so fun. It's a good community. Yeah, I like the crew there. It's it's fun. And it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, thinking about you, like, kind of coming from, like, you know, traditional sports, it's like, um, you know, like, artist athletes, like, artistry, not to take anything away from, like, artistry of sport, but, like, it's a different kind of game. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting because it's just a whole new way of being able to express yourself. And so it's, it's fun. I, mm-hmm. uh, I have been enjoying it thus far, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh that is my, like my main focus right now is kind of focusing more on me mm-hmm. <laughs> and my own movement styles for now. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I've been, I had been like hitting it hard with like focusing more on like being a trainer, being this person. And so now I want to like, use my exploration skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where we first met actually. I think we met in one of Alex's top rock yes. uh, <laughs> sessions. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, I, like I said, I just, ima- I, I admire people who are willing to change. And I admire like the willingness to like get in the deep water when, when you're somebody who like, who, who can do certain things when you're like, Oh, I can do now I'm going to go somewhere where I can't do. Where I can't, right. And feel completely out of pocket for sure. Uh-huh. Uh, but, you know, again, like it is important to feel all that way. Something, you know, because it's also important to remember what it's like to be a beginner at things and to remember what it feels like to suck at things because that just makes you a better teacher because you have more compassion for people when they're learning. Cause it can be easy to be like, <laughs> fuck don't you understand about what I just you know like (laughs) I said it three Mm -hmm. times already what are you not getting and it's just like it can be easy when you're like used to dealing with like high level people or you know like or people just uh, know what you're doing or they're just used to it at that point so it's kind of nice to be the the noob having Mm -hmm. no idea what's going on and just flopping around flailing a little bit (laughs) yeah I'm happy you said the word compassion I feel like I end up saying it like so much because it's something that I like wish to see more of you know, and I think it's like, I don't know. It's like, that also comes back to safety, right? Like mm-hmm. it helps people feel safe when they feel like you are compassionate and easy on them and not just looking to like tell them that they're wrong and that they fucked up, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so allowing for like mistakes and sway, you know, like mm-hmm. things happen and we're all going through things. <laughs> we're all walking through it. So, you know. Yeah. I think that like, it's like, we're all getting like better at stumbling really. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, sometimes I think to myself, like, all I really wish to do is just kind of like 
help people learn to stumble. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> learn, keep, keep learning to like stumble forward. You know, like you're coming down kind of like a slippery hill and like the moment you stop, you like fall. You fall and you're just like, <laughs> like, you know, all we need to do is like really be like, cause some people are just like, oh, like I just need to walk. And it's like, ah, life might not be so much walking as it might be stumbling. Right. So you get good at stumbling. <laughs> right. And it's like, you know, putting yourself, put, putting yourself in those positions where you're like, I'm going to go do like breakdancing. And you're just like, oh man, I'm just going to like, today's a day where I'm just stumbling really hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like being totally cool with a lot of stumbling. <laughs> so yeah. that when I'm doing like the small stumbles in my like regular day, like <laughs> they're just like, they're that much easier. But I'm like, I'm really remembering like everybody's just stumbling. But everybody's stumbling. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. true. I like that. <laughs> so, so do you, so do you get into like the cypher? Do you enjoy, how, do you like play in there? Um, so the last classes that I went to did not have that in the top rocks class. Mm-hmm. Um, I did do one. No, I didn't do one. I watched it cause I also did a crumping class mm-hmm. and that was just way beyond that was too much that was a little too too much stumbling maybe i fell a couple times <laughs> um but i haven't i if i were being honest i would be really nervous yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is the point right um i think i only did one of the cypher and ciphers or whatever when i did the week-long movement class i did mm-hmm. it in one of those but it was still scary it's scary <laughs> it's really scary Especially when you're like in a class of people that know what they're doing. Uh-huh. Don't again. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that like, it's like, I know in some circles it, it becomes something else, but I know that like, I think from my experience, it's supposed to be like celebrating everybody. And yeah. that's what I see and feel a lot of the time, which is why I think it's really beautiful. You know, like it, it tears the stage down. So there's no stage and there's no audience. And it's not like only some people get to be on the stage. Right. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's for everybody. Right. Level it out. Uh-huh. No, it is. And it, you know, definitely like observing it, it is a place where people are like getting hyped off of someone, you know, no matter the move, it doesn't matter. The point is you're out there. Right. Uh-huh. So no, I should definitely, you know, baby steps <laughs> <laughs> no i'm but I'm, i get I, it's scary no it's really scary though it's no really, it is it's scary and it's hard to like you know it's hard to put yourself out there like that <laughs> mm-hmm. but what i think is really nice is that like you know it in a lot of times it can be just be like yo like we don't care what you do because whatever it is it's awesome right exactly because you showed up yeah mm-hmm. and like and, and and yeah again like i i it would be nice to have more of that because I think people forget that they're like, that they're awesome. That's true. Yes, you're right. And right? forget what it feels like to be celebrated. Yeah. Like, I think that, I think that people sometimes just feel like only certain people are like allowed to be celebrated for certain things. And it's like, I don't know, like we're all awesome. You right. Know? Like, right. Like hearing you talk about like everything that go- that is like, can be going on in the body at any given time with, you know, even from just like a safety perspective, you're like, yo, that's awesome. It's true. Yeah. That's happening. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Spill it. It's yours. You can have it. So do you train online or anything or are people able to like work with you like via the yeah. internet? Yeah. Um, generally I do like 
I don't teach any online classes right now. I'm about to start actually um, for a different program that I'm on um, mm -hmm. for like a remote programming thing. But anyway, uh, but I do one-on-ones like mm -hmm. since COVID happened, I've been hanging on to the Zooms for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's All right. And then um, you're doing like in-person stuff in Boulder. Yeah, I'm in South Boulder and Longmont and Superior. Okay. Yeah, you hustle. I remember like, hustle. A, like a, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I remember like when we met and I was like trying to get you to come out to one of the jams. You're like, oh, I'm going to be there. And then it was just like, I feel like every time we cross paths, like, oh, I've got this, I've got that. And I was like, yeah, I'm always like, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I did block it off last time. I was like, I can't miss this. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Because I feel like, I don't know, I feel like you're like one of these people, like when we met, I was like, oh, I don't know. I feel like I like know this person. Yeah, I know. Like we grow up together or something. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, I was like, somehow when we met, I was just like, oh, like we've met before. And I was like, no, wait, we don't know each other don't know, at all. We don't know each other. <laughs> yeah, somehow I had to like keep reminding myself of that. I was like, wait. Yeah, we no, we didn't. <laughs> we don't have any Instagram pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's like no Insta photos of us together. Yeah. There is. So if anybody wants to work with you, how do they contact you? What's the way to do it? Uh, yeah, Instagram would be dope. Um, mm -hmm. What is my handle? I think it's mm -hmm. at Tracy underscore FRC. Okay. I'm honestly not sure. I'm awful at advertising for myself. That's okay. <laughs> I'll advertise for you at the beginning. Perfect. Instagram's the best way. It's super easy and it's just the easiest way to do it. Okay. Cool. And I remember at the movement, uh, the week long movement thing at, 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 um, at the block, I asked you about like resources for like anatomy and biomechanics. And you mentioned an app and I totally forget what it was, but I feel like it's probably <laughs> worth putting out there. What was that app again? Yeah. Uh, essential anatomy. I think it's five now, but mm -hmm. essential anatomy it's under 3d medical, but it's a really good app for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think That's it's called complete anatomy. Okay. And that's what you turn to. Yeah. That's my, that's my number one. I check mm -hmm. it out throughout the day. And yeah, it's super, super informational for anyone that wants to learn like quick access body stuff, especially trainers and therapists for sure. Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else that you like? Mm, honestly, that's my main go-to for anatomy. Um, mm -hmm. Other than that, I'm just constantly uh, flowing through audiobooks. So, <laughs> do you have any recommendations that you're listening to? <laughs> oh, uh, not as much for anatomy. Okay. <laughs> but um, I I am reading this book right now, and I think it probably was why I was thinking so much about like like directing awareness. And it's a book called Aware. Okay. By by Dan Siegel. Okay. Nice. It was very funny. Recently, I said, I was like, oh, I'm reading this book. It's really fascinating. It's called Aware by Dan Siegel. He's the person I was talking to. He's like, oh, that's such a funny name. And they thought I said Dance Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that his stuff is, uh, is pretty fascinating. And I also, I'm reading this book called, it's taken me a long time. I've probably mentioned this on there before, but it's like, because I, I read a few books simultaneously but it's a really long one it's it's called behave and it's like a neurobiology book yeah I don't know if you've heard about it I listened to it on audio a while ago what do you think I honestly could probably use a brush up it I am the same way I, I'm always like going through so I generally have like four to five books at a time uh -huh. that was like 
maybe two or three years ago at this point. So I don't remember at this point, <laughs> if I'm yeah. being completely honest. Well, I said to somebody recently, I was like, and I've read some of like the, you know, like yoga sutras and things like that, where it's like, you know, so many of these things are like messages about like compassion in varying degrees, like whatever you're, you know, a lot of like these types of things. But I think that books on neurobiology and like human decision-making, if anything, at the very least, just give compassion. <laughs> you know, you're like, wow, like, you know, people are coming to the table with so many different situations and everybody's just doing the best that they can. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so underlying message, be fucking compassionate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like, like everybody's doing their best. Yeah, like we're all going through it. Just fucking be compassionate. <laughs> so what? So what are you listening to right now? Like if you if you have a few books, like always, kind of in rotation. What am I listening to right now? I think I'm not doing anything super heady right now. Mm-hmm. I think I'm on my my funsies, okay. but I am re-listening to Mating in Captivity just because I like Esther Perel. Uh-huh. Um, there's a book called men explain things to me mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and then what else did i just recently listened to it wasn't the body by bill bryson but it was another i think it was a short story of everything mm-hmm. it was pretty good is I that enjoyed. also by bill bryson mm-hmm. yep okay i think so it was what? actually before the body mm-hmm um a brief history of everything i think it's called or a short history of everything it was pretty good i really enjoyed it um and then the gene but that one has not captivated me as much as (laughs) i would have liked to and then i also just listened to the 5 a.m 5 a.m club i don't know if you've heard that no what's that it's uh it's more so about like uh setting yourself up for success uh so like 5 a.m is like the victory hour Uh so in that hour you divide your time between like four empires or what they're called pillars Mm -hmm. basically it's like mental of like journaling and reflection exercise um plan like planning and then there's like one for like learning like so Mm -hmm. you're learning from someone one you're reflecting and journaling about your stuff movement of course and then one for like uh you know projection it was a pretty mm-hmm. good book. It was a nice way to like, I don't know, if you're mm-hmm. needing a routine, it was a good way to like <laughs> get mm-hmm. kicked in the ass for a little bit of uh, motivation. Interesting. I'm, yeah. uh, it was pretty it, good. I liked it. Who is this by? Oh my goodness. I couldn't even tell you. Okay. <laughs> the 5 a.m. club though. Okay. It was, like, it was a pretty easy read. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I just got a uh, a Kindle right before we left for Europe because nice. I've been like lugging books around like like I mean I had an entire carry on bag full of books as we like left Colorado to go to Florida and it was probably like seventy pounds and I'm yeah. like shoving it into like the overhead thing and like the whole the whole like plane is shaking and everything and my, and my mom was like you know if you're trying to travel light, like through Europe, like this books, and I had like, a, I had like nine books. I'm, like, I'm just going to like shove them in my bag. And like, I'm weighing my bag at the, like, the house. <laughs> yeah. Like it has to be 50 pounds. Okay. I don't need a jacket. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, this one in my pocket. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But I got this, um, I got the Kindle and it's awesome. Uh, even though like, I like tabbing and highlighting and everything, but the yeah. book that I have that uh, um, a mutual friend of ours, Marlo mentioned uh, is the art of gathering, which I'm really excited to start oh. reading. I have like a couple others that I'm reading, but uh, yeah, the art of gathering, she's one, but a few other people have mentioned it to me. Okay. I might um, start that then. Yeah. Yeah. It's been recommended by people that I like their recommendations. <laughs> That's so, an important distinction. <laughs> yeah. And I very rarely talk on here about books I haven't read, but I'm mm-hmm. like, it's worth saying because it's, it's lined up on the Kindle and I keep thinking like, I need to finish what I'm on so that I can get to it because mm-hmm. so many good people have said, you need to read this. All right. I'm going to bump so, it up on my list. <laughs> so I'm, I'm selling it to you with, without having read one word of it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's a blind recommendation. I like it. <laughs> yeah. 